The World Baseball Classic draws to a close with a storybook ending. And who are the 32 randoms better than Cam Newton? This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And for two weeks in a row, Back to back, Turbo Tommy. How you feeling, man? Yeah, I, I had so much fun, I had to come back. <laughs> that, that means a lot. Yeah. I'm excited. Are you excited he's here, Mr. Brown? Hey, he squeezed us in, even though he's got this big trip uh, to Vegas here coming up in his dart league. Oh. So yes. what he's is just it? trying to build his entourage before he goes to Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's it, right there. So I went bowling last weekend, and I, I got to say, I haven't been bowling in years, and I imagine the bowling and dart crowd is is kind of similar. Sort of, yes. Now, I see, we just come from a bowling league. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. Okay. So, and the wife still does the bowling. So, so what do you prefer better? I'm into the darts right now. So just lo- the least amount of physical activity, the better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> see, he's got my number. He's got it. But it's, a, it's a very unique climate. Yes, a lot of drinking. I, I'm seeing. It's, it's bar. Like, it's just a bar atmosphere. So see if you can get the same deal that Jimmy G got. Oh, in Vegas. Stop slamming no, your Bud Light here. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, you just <laughs> slammed it again. So, <laughs> are you going to get the Jimmy G treatment in Vegas? That was the question. The wife's going with me. So <laughs> She'll get it too. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute now. It's, yeah. It's 2023. Is there extra cash in this? Yeah. Hey, okay. The, the, when the, you're playing darts, you're playing regular tip darts, right? So, you bring a bag of darts with you because the worst part about darts and being at the bar would be if they don't stick in the board like they sometimes don't on a home board and you have to pick them up every damn time. I have about 500 tips with me. Every do time. you have like a gold case? Like he opens it like... And it's not gold, but I do have a case. It's like a light, like in Pulp Fiction, Marcellus' case. Just, yeah. you know, <laughs> and Tommy shows up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good shit. You can't have this case. You know, we've had Kingpin. We've got the big Lebowski. Is there a good movie about darts? Coming out May this year. May, May this year. <laughs> Starring Turbo Tommy. <laughs> Gonna have a camera crew that follows you around. Yeah. We could totally make a movie about dart throwing. It'd be just combined like Kingpin and Beer Fest, and you, you might have some. And Dodgeball. There. And Dodgeball. Well, I don't know if we're going to be dodging the darts. Yes. Soft tip, you yes. say. Yes, soft tip. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. You're going to go steel tip, lawn darts. Lawn darts. You're at your darts. foot, you go around the circle. Throw the dart, hit the beer. Wherever it hits the beer, you got to drink it down to. So you aim for the bottom of everybody's beer. Mm-hmm. So you're just you're just taking this to a different level. Well, have you never played that before? It's uh, well, all play tournaments. We, we talked about this before. You got eight, yeah. ten people. You get a steel tip dart. Everybody has a beer. You set it down at your feet. This is why it's encouraged that you keep your cleats on. A lot of people like to go no cleat, open toe, that sort of thing. And you chuck it. You're trying to hit the bottom of the beer can because then they have to down the whole beer. They're so damn depressed in the tundra states that they just gotta make up games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only hard like ten weeks out of the year. You gotta take advantage. Let's think of a new game so we're not alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they can't even play a game of cards probably without drinking. <laughs> nah, between the sheets, it's a uh, shot for every time you're wrong. <clears throat> All right, let me clear my throat on that one. Let's hey, let, let's talk about you know the World Baseball Classic. Just let's start there. It's spring training is wrapping up this week. Um, Major League Baseball is right upon us. And and we talked a little bit about the WBC. That was fun. Last week, you know, we had the Edwin Diaz story. And I, I think we can kind of put all that to bed. I think you said it best, and we've heard it. What's the difference in that in spring training, right? So, 
uh, Hoskins for the Phillies today just tore his ACL right. out for the year. So, so anything can happen. happen. I mean, that was non-contact, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. I mean, didn't Jeff Kent get hurt washing his truck one time, or was that Jeff? Well, he tried to say it was washing oh, his truck, but yeah. was actually riding a motorcycle. Yeah, motorcycle. That's, that's right. what it was. So the uh, the rode on the back with Ron Gant. <laughs> the, the championship. <laughs> you got Japan, USA. I watched the whole game. Did you watch the whole game? Yeah, I was going to say this in the group text because we were texting back and forth, and everybody was like hanging on to each pitch, each at bat. And I was telling you about Trout and Otani in the ninth. We're already projecting ahead. And I'm like, we didn't even do that for the World Series. No. And the, I think the – so a couple of things about the WBC. So, like, they sold more tickets than they ever had. They had the highest TV viewership they ever had. It felt like a big deal. And maybe not having it because of COVID was a good chance to reset. And while you didn't have everybody in there, like you're not Aaron Judge uh, playing and things like that, but it was a who's who – of baseball players from wherever, and every game felt like it meant something. If you don't think it matters to a lot of these other countries, it probably matters the least to the USA. To the US, so yes. probably the best thing is for us to lose, just to, to help kind of recalibrate this. But I was reading today, like Israel was like super excited. They built all these new baseball stadiums so they can host like the European Championships. Like, if how is this not good for baseball? It's absolutely good for baseball, but. You had like Mexico, who hasn't been a powerhouse in this in this tournament ever, and they're fighting tooth and nail with Japan, yeah. leading that game, and then all of a sudden Japan just scratches and claws their way back and ends up winning on a walk off. But Benji Gill, the Mexico's manager, probably manages way into a potential opening so. here in the future. I'd say so, and. and it's, it's, you can't even say, like, would that translate? Like, these are pros. Like, you're managing guys in the league right now. So, it, it's it's a Oh, Rosarena from the Rays, man, took over that tournament, son. Man, I, that guy's he's, – he's like Rick Rude out there. Yeah, he's oozing the cheese mode. <laughs> That's good shit, pal. Uh, the, it's funny. Like, he's he could have played for Cuba. But, you know, Mexico is where he resides uh, the majority of the time. So Oh, speaking of Cuba, they had their first ever defector – uh, during the tournament, so during. they had a player. I think it was bullpen coach actually. Well, he like, I'm just for Cuba. Stay in Miami. He never went back with the team. <laughs> First one ever in the WBC for Cuba. Never, that's, never went back. That's hilarious. Uh, I, I'm surprised that's the first time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, I, I do like. I know some people may not like, and we'll get to the game here in a second. But I, I like how the players can kind of pick if they have a tie-in. Like Freddie Freeman plays for Team Canada because of his mom. His mom yeah. passed away from cancer. Yeah, so I mean, so he could have chose U.S. or Canada, but he plays for Canada for her honor. Right, knowing that the U.S. is better, but he's doing it out. You know, man. Sort of how the Olympics are set. Is that the same way? Yeah, I mean, if you have a tie into another country, you well, most of them train here in the U.S. anyway and live here, right. but they they play in other countries, right. so. Which, I mean, I, I think in, in a lot of aspects, you know, you don't want, you know, the Dominican and the U.S. to, like, dominate a lot of these roster spots. So, yeah, let's spread yeah. it out So, is, is Lars Newtbar, like, part Japanese? What's the deal with that? I, I don't know. I was going to ask if you knew what that was. Maybe he played. He could, Has he ever played in Japan? I don't think that matters. Like, I, don't know. I don't know what the There's rules There's got to be a family history or lineage there. Okay. So, uh Let's get to the game. Just uh, overall, you know, just to kind of set the stage, you had U.S. You know, answered earlier with the home run. Uh, or Japan uh, came back. Then it was three to one. What well, Trey like? Turner, they moved him from ninth to sixth in the lineup. Yep. Like, oh, would you move him? He's been hitting so hot. First at bat goes yard. Just, just absolutely crushed. I mean, it. the problem though, let's be real. It didn't last long. 
The U.S. had zero starting pitching on this team. They had a great bullpen. They had the best lineup in the tournament. Yeah. No starting pitching. You don't have a Verlander. You don't have Scherzer. You don't have a Nola. You know, Zach Wheeler. I just keep going on and on yeah. and on. Max Freed. None of these guys are in the tournament. The pitching well, hurt him. To what you just said, the over-under for the game was 10.5. So they thought that the U.S. would be able to score well, some runs. Well, that's what they've been doing. Like, yeah, you're that, throwing that's out there. the only way they could Merrill win Kelly this. in an elimination game? Yep. I mean, that tells you right there. Yeah. Look at our depth. But, uh, you know, they, they pitched well in they that did. game. They did. Look at the depth, the real depth of Jap- the Japanese team. So oh. the the amazing thing to me was, like, from the third inning to the all the way through the game, like, USA would have a couple innings where they'd get on base and, like, they had some damage. And then, like, the – was it they, they had, had the bases uh, loaded and they only got one run out of it? Yeah, and then they had another time where they ended up – they had uh, first and second with one out. And I can't remember who ended up coming up, but the next batter was Schwarber. He 3-0 pitched. They let him swing. He pops it up to center field. It was a good pitch to hit, too. Well, he made up for it later, but still wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go to the storybook ending. You know, Otani could have only came out of the pen uh, because of what he had already done. He was only allowed to pitch one inning. Yep, and it just happened to be a close situation. So, again, there's the whole mindset of you're not a closer. Now you got to go be a closer, and you're facing amazing talent. I don't think that applies to Otani because he'll have games where he doesn't start. He'll he'll hit for however many innings or vice versa. So that's – I don't know. I mean, I I, – He just – Am I overreacting when I say that, like, he's clearly the best player in the land? Like, I'm sorry. He should have won MVP, damn it. Right? Like, I, I mean, let's I just, agree with that. Let's just, let's just go back. Because even in the – he won MVP of the WBC, right? Yeah. So, he could have won – he hit 450, and he pitched a 208 ERA and was one of only two pitchers that had two wins. And he had a save in the uh, title game. Like, he could have won MVP on either side of that. And he's already shown he can do it, you know, in in a regular season, you know, on a crappy team. That was the only bright spot was you got a chance to see, like, Trout and Otani, like, on the big stage. They got highlighted for a while. Otani and Trout, what sucks is that the Angels are so bad that that's, like, the most pressure-packed situation they'll see until the next WBC. A lot of people hating on Trout, man. Is that fair? You know what? I saw this thing where – sorry to interrupt you. He only has, like – a small number of three strikes swinging at bats in his entire career. Three? Three? What'd no, you say? No, it's like 24 out of like yeah, six. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought yeah. it was 34 sorry, sorry, something sorry, like that. Yes. So, I mean, that's 34. that's pretty amazing that Otani was able to do that. But, I mean, you sit there in the same lineup and talk baseball all year long. You got to know what he likes, what he doesn't Dude, like. He came heat, 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 and then that freaking backdoor 82 mile per hour slider and like he was done. The thing was, and I put it on Facebook because, and I put it, I said, uh, Otani just forced Trout to pass the torch. Like, yeah. And I put the unicorn behind it. Which, pass? He took the damn thing. That's what I'm saying. And he forced Trout to pass the torch. <laughs> but the thing is, honestly, I don't feel like Trout's been that guy for about two years now. He's but been hurt and he's I, I feel like off. this kind of cemented it. Well, like, even in fantasy baseball, like Trout's not the guy you want to take like right. number one. Every he's time like second there. round now. Mike Trout. Three swinging strikes, 24 times out of 6,174 play appearances. All right. So, I mean, there you go. So, this was also an anomaly yeah. to see that. Yes. And it's funny. Like, I've seen and heard a lot of people like, oh, Trout's overrated. So I was like, it was one at bat. 
Uh, and Dude, and Trout, Trout, Trout's an all-time great. He's not overrated. Oh. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Like you just said, he's not that number one guy. But if you took his exact same career and put him on the Yankees or the Red Sox, everyone would laud him. Okay. You know what I mean? When you don't win, sometimes you get identified more as like a stat hawk. But you've, you've got at least five guys right now that you could say is a better player than Trout. Yeah. yeah. At least and, yeah. and that's not to slide yeah. him. It's just that you can only stay on the top of the mountain so long. What if Trout would have t- took the ball yard? Oh, that, 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 that narrative, he's back, baby. Yeah, you know, it completely flips. You'd be, yeah. you'd be saying this, say is, this, this is what people have been missing from his career. With no shift this year, Otani's average is going to go up. If Otani stays healthy and continues to what he's doing, doing what he's doing for the next, like, seven, eight, ten years, go down as the greatest baseball player it's kind in of, history. It's kind of unfair because everyone is, is saying and they keep the, – the narrative is, like, how long can he keep doing this? And the reason why is because no one else has ever done it. There's no benchmark. Right. So, but Babe Ruth truly wasn't a two way player because he pitched for a while and then right. he became a hitter. Right. And so we we're watching this to, happen. Together. And while it's working, and then like once one of them will start to lag, there's going to be question marks, right? But the, the fact is, like, with all due respect, he hasn't shown any weakness. And, and to beat all, like, what about the play where he outruns the, he, what did he run like a 4.1 down to, like, just, Move like is a six tool player is that a thing? Is that what this is now? I mean, I so I'm not trying to just sit here and gush over Otani, but from the pregame speech to the 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 whole WBC to what he's done the past two years in Major League Baseball, and now people are saying he might be a six hundred million dollar man. Like I I don't even know. This I, is I did like that speech. You know, you grow up, you admire him, you want to be him. It's time to stop admiring him. Today, yeah. yeah. So let, let's jump off Otani, but let's talk about Japan real quick as a whole because, yeah, the U.S. had the best lineup, but Japan has their own league, and they've, they've wanted to be the U.S. They wanted to be MLB for so long, and they're very fundamental. They play the game so much different than the U.S. <coughs> they're not all about launch angles and striking out. They're back to the way 80s That's, baseball used to be. They're stealing bases. So they're still in bases. They're fundamentally sound. They choke up a two strikes, move the runner over. They play fundamental baseball, sack flies. They they celebrate the small things with the game, the way the game should have been played. It's like the analytics monster hasn't made its hasn't way made it to Japan. Season. Yes, but it looks like a pure form of the game to me. It, it's definitely more fun to watch. Right. Like say what you will. Like everything Japan does, like you feel like every at bat matters. Right. Like they're not just trying to. Like it's just like, hey, if we just get them on base. Well, and the, and the league's pretty damn good, man. Because when they have guys that come over here, overwhelmingly they do well. They don't flame out. It's like I Hideki mean, Matsui. He was a beast. Ichiro, you've got you Darvish, you've got Otani, and that's not to say the guys that haven't come over that are just comfortable playing right. there that are making money in Japan. But uh, I, I don't know what the final TV viewership was. I know like four and a half million watched uh, in the States, which is the highest for a WBC. So for an exhibition and you get four and a half million, like just compared to other exhibitions, the, the NFL's done with all their stupid crap. The all-star game in the NBA sucks. We still got Major League Baseball all-star game. It's great. But this is right there. And to pull a four and a and, and the, the downside and you can't fix it is most of the tournament goes up against March Madness, right? So, I mean, there's there's a little bit of a, a problem there. But People want to argue to put it in November, mm-hmm. and I disagree with that because how many players are going to add to their schedule? Yeah, you've already, you're already mm-hmm. you done with the grind there. Like, it's like, not – You've got to play it right now. 
Because yes. like, that way either pick spring training or WBC. Right. And it makes sense, too, just for the health of the players. Right. Like, it's like we're not and, load management guys, and, but and enough's but enough. It's not really going to hurt the hitters. <laughs> it's just the pitchers. And that's right. why the U.S. is always going to be at, at the uh, short coming for that because the Japanese league, the pitchers are already amped up. Yeah, always. Yeah. And, and you know, the WBC does a good job with the rules they have, so you're not out – you know, you're not wearing out the arms and whatnot. So, either way, uh, great for baseball. If you're not excited for the next one, um, I hope you keep seeing it grow in these other countries to where you get like that soccer feel, that World Cup feel. That's ultimately where you want to go. But uh, if, if for anybody who watched it and says that it's just an exhibition, it didn't matter, they didn't watch. One more tidbit. So, Japanese, the uh, Japanese just won a third tournament. No other team has won even two. Yep, I did see that. So, yep. would they have nine million people in Japan watch the the final yeah. or something like that? But three titles for Japan. No one else has more than yep. one. Mm. That's the that was the funnest so, baseball so I've much, seen in a long. So time. much for the superior professional or the inferior professional league winning three. I will say next year if or next time they have it, if we end up with like a Dominican, you know, Puerto Rico match, we ought to go to that. Like just like that experience. Like, you don't have to leave the country, but the culture you would get from... Hell that no, I want to go to Tokyo, though. <laughs> you see that people in the dugout? <laughs> the sticks? <laughs> hey, it's everything that's right about sports, man. This is good shit. So I'm here for the WBC forever, man. All right, we were talking about spring baseball, and, and before we get into the throes of Major League Baseball, March Madness continues to rage on. It's been a, a pretty exciting tournament. We've got 16 seeds winning. We got a 15 seed in Princeton still alive in the Sweet 16. But it's been it's been good basketball, man. And I know we kind of shit on the NBA sometimes, but like we were watching before we're recording here tonight. We had K State and um, Michigan, Michigan State, State like going in overtime. into overtime. Just I mean, it had it. Yeah, so Miles said, out heavy, there and it yeah. over 20 assists. We're saying heavyweight, heavyweight boxing match, you know, blow for blow. Like, it's just good stuff. And I, I was saying earlier, I know Tommy watched Kentucky and K-State was like that. Uh, now, unfortunately, UConn and Arkansas are not living up to that this evening. <laughs> but, um, you know. Eric Musselman's shirt will remain on today. <laughs> But but overall, you know, been a pretty good tournament. Uh, what what stood out to you? What what have you liked so far? And and do you have a team that you're quietly rooting for now that you're down to the the Sweet Sixteen? Well, I'm kind of rooting for some Big Twelve teams to carry through because the conference is so strong this year. You want to see them? Uh, even Texas, even Texas, ah. just a Big Twelve. Dude, I am uh, quietly, obnoxiously. Rooting for Gonzaga. I like Mark Few, and Drew Timmy has grown on me in his 17 years at Gonzaga. I was just saying, he's had time to grow on. Yeah. I just like uh, how they play basketball. And where they're a (laughs) three-seed this year instead of a one, I just, they're not talked about as much. I'd really like to see him make a run to the Final Four. So, I I read somewhere, I believe, that there's 12 teams that could win it this year that's never won before. I believe you're right. Uh, so Michigan State was one. They're gone now. Um, who else is one of that's left? That's left. Well, who all we got left? UConn is left. They've won it. Yep. We got Arkansas. Tennessee. Arkansas is going to die, though. Has Tennessee <laughs> won it? They're playing. 
I don't, FAU, who I don't, has not won it. Yeah, UConn. I don't, I don't think, think Tennessee, Tennessee has. Won it. I don't think they have. You got UCLA and Gonzaga. UCLA has won it. Gonzaga hasn't. And then when you flip over to the other side, you got Alabama, who's won. They've never won. They've never won it. Who are they playing? Aren't they playing uh, St. Mary's or San Diego San State? Diego State? I just know yeah, that in San Diego State. Uh, or the uh, Sweet 16, it was the most teams ever that had a chance to win their first one. Nice. Um, so that's like the parody. <laughs> you got, you got Princeton in there yeah. as a 15 seed. Right, right. You got here's who's like Creighton and Princeton, San Diego State, Alabama, uh, FAU, Tennessee, Miami, and Houston. Houston's won it. Yep. So there's one. Uh, Xavier, Texas. Both then, of them have yeah. won it, haven't they? Texas so, has it. Texas has never won a national. Neither has Xavier, have they? No. No. Okay. I just I want to say something wrong. about Xavier and how powerful a really good coach can be at the college level. Sean Miller was started there. Yeah. Went to Arizona. They had a great program. He had to sit a year out because of stuff he had done. His first year back there, they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah. He just – he well, was really good. When you look at coaches, and this leads into talking about some other coaches right. later, like you look at Miami. Jim Laranaga had that great run with George Mason. He <laughs> turns that into a job down at Miami. They're in the tournament almost every year, and they're always Sweet 16 worthy, yeah. it seems. They're like. always they're always a super talented team. Uh, we're, and the way the, the way the game has changed, we used to always say, like, you got to watch out for those schools that are full of, like, starting seniors. And you still do, man. Like, the guys that have stayed together. But now, with so much volatility with the way players move around, you know, we're talking about Kansas State. And you're talking about coaches. Like, nobody knows this guy. He's been, he's First been year there, head coach. He's been there long enough to have half a cup of coffee. And they're in the Elite Eight. Yep. And, and, you know, I, so as far as rooting interest, not so much the Big 12 thing, but, man, I'm really having a fun time watching K-State and watching little Mighty Mouse out there do no his thing. Is awesome. And speaking of Mighty Mouse, the most Hoosiers game in real life ever. Purdue is the biggest team <laughs> in the country. FDU was shortest. the smallest, shortest team in the country. Did you know that? Statistically, they were the tallest team versus the shortest team. Like, like, what are the odds of that draw? You do now. Yeah. And the short guys win. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, but you're a hero. Hit me with a little Paul Harvey like mm-hmm. that. I, like I enjoyed that. that. <laughs> um, so, March Madness we love. Uh, I, I do have to. It's the shittiest bracket I've ever filled out. Oh, like, that's not true. It's I trash. They're, they're all a lot trash. of people probably feel yeah. that way. You can't you can't say that. They're all usually by no, the, it's the first worst. day. Eighty percent of them are junk anyway. It just happens that you know it happened a little quicker this well, time. Well, in one of my brackets, I picked Purdue. <laughs> so when you lose to a sixteen, yeah, but how many people did? That's all right. I, how many people had Virginia? They lost to yeah. a fifteen. This how many time. had West Virginia? Like, like Virginia's yeah. going to run the. Uh, they're going to do the triple crown and lose to a fourteen to fifteen in the sixteen. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I got to ask some college basketball news here because uh, the the salt of the earth, the scum of the earth, actually the uh, the the gentleman that deserves uh, no second chance but one thing i've learned is if you just shut your mouth and you disappear for a few years everything just kind of goes away because winning cures all rick patino has found his way back to major college basketball and i'm not real happy about it and i just need to shut up or do i have a legit gripe here i'm not a saint john's fan so it doesn't matter 
I, I think you have to stop talking. You just got to suck it up and take it because he was cleared of everything at Louisville after uh, a wall went down. He loves the game. He's a lifer so bad. Now, I'm not a Patino fan, actually. Hate Patino. He's a piece of shit. You he wanted it. basketball so badly, he went to Greece and won a championship. Comes back to Iona. One year ago, I was listening to this this week when he got hired for St. John's. DP played the clip of when he asked Rick Patino one year ago, are you done when you're at Iona? And he said, it's Iona or I'll retire because his name was being mentioned for jobs. He said, I'm done. They gave me an opportunity. They were so great to me about, they said, forget Louisville. You're our guy. And now here he is, a six-year deal with St. John's. Like, is he going to live for six years? So it's a combination of a couple things. He's Uh, 71 years old right now. Yeah, but look at him. He's still Patino. He's still... He doesn't look old. No, he's the Italian stallion. It is what it is. But St. John's has been walking in the wilderness for 30 years. They used to be a re- reputable you know, program. Like, Look at the rest of these Big East schools. Like, Georgetown sucks. They're not what they used to be. Who was the be. last big-name player to play for St. John's? Felipe Lopez. Mm. <laughs> He's probably a better baseball player. Didn't Artest play there? Um, did he? he did. He did, yes. yeah. Okay. I mean, oh, we want right. to go Chris Mullen? Basketball from the baseball guy. Yeah. I like it. I got to bail these MFs <laughs> out, man. <laughs> Wow. But I, he'll probably win there. Um, he will win. There. I, I mean, I, I, I'll get, you know the most. Do they play in the garden? Picture how Sometimes. it all finishes is uh, they do play a fair amount of games in the garden. That's what I'm going to get. There now. You got Rick Pitino, who came to fame with little old Billy Donovan as his uh, <laughs> point guard, goes to Kentucky, restores the dormant program. Goes to the pros, completely flames out. Yep. Where does he end back? Where is like the mecca for college basketball, high school basketball, street hoops, New York City? You're St. John's. You're in New York. He'll freaking win because that's what he does. Yep. We don't want him to win. And players or everybody, and a lot of the stuff they got in trouble for. So now look, say what you want. Coaches are different. Rick Pitino is the type of coach that is very hands-on. So the whole stuff about him not knowing. Oh, the there's system, no way he didn't like, know. I'm just he, saying they he knows, him of it. He knows the the $100,000 Adidas still. Like, you can't use that as, like, as um, vitriol against him because that stuff's allowed now. Yep. You know, so, like, back in Louisville, it's like, oh, he was just ahead of the game. You know, he was just doing whatever yeah, else. All these old coaches are leaving. Patino's like, I'm just hitting my stride. <laughs> That's why he's still here. <laughs> this is good <laughs> shit. You're as old as you feel. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, my man, hit my music. <laughs> I think that's the funniest no about chance. all this to me is for whatever reason, he has got a hard-on for Calipari. He's always Ooh, had one like that. Now, Patino was they, they, dead. He's in Greece. Now he's at St. John's. And if Cal doesn't win next year with the best recruiting class in the nation come in, he's got a hot seat in Kentucky. Is that contract, contract's no longer for life? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> They're going to uh, offer him a position within the administration. <laughs> <laughs> They'll put him out in the derby. Uh, put him, put him to, out to the pasture. You got to put that horse down. Yeah. All right. down. So, real quick, other basketball question I got, and then we'll move off of this. Uh, going to the NBA, Mark Cuban back in the news. It's been a minute since we had Mark Cuban really getting aggressive with officials in the uh, league office, and um, you know he's he's protesting a game, and I think there's only been like one or two games ever successfully protested. Do you know if that's true or not? I, I that think, sounds about right. So I, I guess, and he, they were a long time ago. Yeah, I don't think it's happened since like '97 or something like that. But he's he's miffed. He's upset. Um, you know, it was a bad call and everything. But 
I, I do enjoy basketball a lot more when Mark Cuban's on the court. <laughs> do you think the NBA? Years. Remember when the Tim Donaghy thing happened and David yes. Stern came out? It's an isolated incident. We know it. Blah, blah, blah. Do you see where uh, Fred Van Vliet came out and completely ripped a ref and said everybody in the league knows that he's horrible and he makes calls and insinuated that he had a reason for making his calls? The NBA has now downgraded him for five straight games. He's not a crew chief anymore. And it I have heard it, about it, Van Vliet got fined big time for that. Yeah, you see but- questionable calls across the league on a consistent basis. Is there a chance that that wasn't an isolated thing and it's been constantly going on and it's just now coming back to life? They, they may not be connected, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, though. you know, let's, Before we go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories on how crooked the officials are, does that not just highlight how much of a player's league the NBA is? Like, yeah, he got yeah. fined for it, but like, all you got to do is just bitch about the officials a little bit and then they, they go punish them. And I, I did hear like, some other players talking about how there's not the same, like, parameters, guardrails, and performance metrics for them. Like, they can just go and, and fuck up calls and nobody cares. Yeah. But uh, for players... I'm sorry, but Adam Silver's a spineless bitch. I mean, they, they've, they've given the players... How do you really feel? That's you know, how, yeah. I, the, he they, also looks like an alien. They, well, <laughs> you know, we, there's a lot of uh, guys that look like aliens. I'm sure he's been probed. The, <laughs> he might be doing <laughs> Nah, he's like he's in Pro B. You ever seen that movie Mars Attacks? Yes. Or like Men in Black. There's another alien inside him controlling. He's just the puppet, the meat puppet. Yes, he is. But uh, the the he took a left turn, didn't he? I I mean, you know, the heart says what it wants to say sometimes, and and we had to get that out there. But do you think there is a widespread conspiracy with? Officials in the NBA. I don't know how widespread it is, but I do believe officials get together and they determine, hey, we're going to shut this guy down tonight or we're going to actually enforce the rules on him that we don't typically enforce for a couple games. Because I saw an interview with a retired official uh, and he was talking about he was officiating when Allen Iverson was in the league and AI always carried the ball and they didn't call it. And AI had went after one of the officials one night and just up and down ripped him. So they got together and they all decided for the next week, we're going to call that. So into the second half or the first game after AI gets teed up and all this stuff, and he's been called for carrying it three times. And I have to look the official's name up, but he said, AI looks at him. He said, what are you doing? And he didn't say anything. So he carried the ball. He's like, "Oh, that's how it's going to be." So for three games, they called the carry on him, and then they went back to not. I doing remember that, that story. And, and like that stuff doesn't surprise me. Uh, Mr. Brown in baseball, do you feel like that happens with umpires? Do they get it out for certain players, or is Angel Hernandez just terrible at his job? I think he's just terrible. Uh, but I, I do feel like there's people that have it in their gut, and if they can make a difference. Like, they probably do. Like he, I'd have a hard time believing like Cowboy Joe West didn't like hold grudges. Dude, and, I love Cowboy Joe West. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. But he he definitely, you know, probably called things different yeah. at times. Yeah. Time. You know, and that's that's part of sports, though. Like uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Like sometimes the human er- element or error makes it what it is. So to me, you got to have the humans. You can't have robots in there. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can ever have robots in the NBA, but I'm saying in general was uh, I, I told my dad that there were definitely uh, robot umps in the WBC. You think? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. think there are. <laughs> yeah. I just tell. I just told him that. I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's just uh, that's because that, the umpire in the title game was really good." 
He's like, man, he's he's been down there. I was like, ah, it's electronic strike zone. He's not calling anything. He's well, the fat T3000 so, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Poor Randy. Uh, that's good shit, right? Randy. <sighs> I like Randy. All right, so we got a, a big weekend coming up. We'll, we'll uh, reconvene for our fantasy baseball draft. You guys excited for that? Absolutely. I mean, we, we got the kit, don't we, Mr. Brown? Is yeah, it, I mean, I'm absolutely ready to lead wire to wire just to lose my first round matchup. <laughs> That's what's great about That's baseball. That's what I do. It's just like real baseball playoffs. They're going to repeat as last place. Taking Kenny Powers in the second round. I, mm-hmm. I hope we have some of the fake names like in football. Kenny Powers would be good. Uh, anybody from the movie Major League. Any other fake names you would like to and see on the draft board? Duke Lanouche. That would be a good one. In the past, we have had Nuke Lelouch. And then uh, we've had uh, Dorn's been on there. Okay, yeah, I've seen Dorn. See, Dorn's a good one because it's yeah. such a random yeah. guy yeah. on the so, team. Speaking of Major League, I woke up the other night, one forty-five in the morning, <laughs> and uh, Major League had that just started at one thirty. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Crap! Now I got to watch this." Let's see Is it one happens. or two? One. So me and Landon actually watched number two this week because he already seen one and he he loved two as well just because he loved Tanaka. Oh, he's going to marbles. He's he's going to love three then. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed two as well, but I never I've never watched Back to the Miners in my life. Who did they replace Wesley Snipes with? Was that um, Epps? Omar Epps. Okay. Um, So sloppy, black hammer. And. one of the things about Major League is I like I like when they're talking about doing something to try to 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 galvanize the team and pull everybody together and they shoot the uh, American Express commercial. Yeah, you know, never still home without it. So one of the questions Mister Brown asked me uh, earlier is like just sports commercials. Like, do you have a favorite sports commercial? Is there any that like really like stands out to you? Like, I have a bunch I can talk about. No, I have one that pops in my head. Go. So back in the nineties, and Landon brought this up to me. It was the McDonald's Bird and Jordan pig oh, commercials. Yeah, I'll see. And wasn't it Barkley saying, can I play? Yeah. yeah you talk about when they were shooting these yeah. wild threes yeah, from all over like the Like off the gateway arch and yeah. shit. It's just. So that's the first one I thought of. The second one I thought of that I liked was uh, Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. That was a great one. That's yeah. timeless. Uh, yeah. If only we would have listened to him then, we might have prevented the current state of MLB. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, one, uh, like the ESPN commercials always, oh, Charlie Steiner. Anything with Steiner. Oh, they made him free. Yeah, that was great. Or, or, or when Ollie the Steiner said, you know, yeah. and he's like, come on, get your wolf. Come out here, Steiner, get your wolf. And he's hiding under his desk. Uh, all the sports center ones are good. And then the uh, Geico with um, a tumbo, I believe. Oh, Wagging uh, the finger. Yeah. And then you monster. had uh, the dude that, uh, who was it that tackled, kept just tackling everybody? The office linebacker. Yes. It was terrible Terry Tate. Yes. Uh, here's a little nugget for you. I don't play very many video games, but back in the day, I played Gears of War and the, one of the voice of the characters was by the same guy. And it was just the same thing. It was just the office of office linebacker voice. Whoa! You know, I put a cover sheet on your TPS reports. You know, that type of shit. It's uh, it's good. But, like, what about just all the Jordan commercials? You didn't mention any of those? Wow. They're so good. Like, you, they're they're if, like the just easy to, pick. Just, just to limit those. Well, no, I guess, I guess mentioned... because they're more iconic and I was thinking of more funny ones. What about the uh, the like Mike? Like yeah. just the jingle? Yeah, yeah. I um, like the Charles Barkley. I'm not a role model ones. That's a, that's a great I also one. liked his Old Spice ones. 
Yep. Sophistication yeah. in class. Was, he'd be wearing the little safari hat yep. or whatever, like Indiana Jones shit. So that's Tommy. What about you? I mean, y'all done went blew through a bunch. You gotta have some from like the '60s that you like, yeah. like Joe DiMaggio they didn't or do something. Commercials in the '60s. Yeah. No, come on. You gotta know <laughs> something like, before we. It'd been like the somebody TVs. for like uh, sweet apple cigarettes or something, no filter. <laughs> oh man, that's what they would have been back then. What I still. Uh, he's looking at something. <laughs> His favorite was Mickey Mantle switch hitter uh, batting practice set from the Irwin Corporation. You know what? You just made me think of the greatest sports commercial of all time. Okay. Tommy Mansky. That's true. It doesn't get better than that. That's true. Fred McGriff. <laughs> what was that? It was like just a regular blue hat. Like this. Is that this the baseball not, skills yes, video or something? Yes. I remember uh, that now. Yeah. Yes. That's good shit right there. That alone got him into the Hall of Fame, by the way. <laughs> Someone dusted off the box set of Tom Manski's baseball <laughs> yes. drills. They put yes. that in the Hall of Fame. Oh, the uh, friend of the show, former friend of the show, uh, the Nut Cup. The Nutty oh, Bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not, not, really, YouTube. not really a commercial, but it was... But uh, it was an amazing YouTube video. It was a great infomercial. Yeah. Yeah, but he was sitting there, and he actually put on this product and let him drill him with a softball right in the nuts. Oh, <laughs> I miss three, that now. Three feet away. And, and Littell was one of the best guys we've interviewed, ever interviewed. He looks at her straight in the eye, back, and it wouldn't fly today, but he was like... Listen, there's two sets and there's a, there's a rod in there, right? I ain't no tranny, I promise. And uh, that's what he said right there. As the man that was it's, hunting with the Aborigines in uh, Australia. Yeah, so he, I mean, like, he would have found that new spider sooner. What? Yeah. All right, so what is this? What is this new spider? What is? There's a new spider in Australia. They just discovered it. it's like a lobster spider. It's kind of got a shell on the outside. It's about oh yay big size of like you know a small pizza. How are we not from aliens again? Like this is just this shouldn't exist. It's Adam Silver's son. (laughs) So every time you say Adam Silver now, I think of Men in Black with the little thing where he pops out of the forehead. Oh god! So everyone wants to talk shit about Africa, but literally everything in Australia wants to kill you. I will never go there. I will never go there. They got stay on the on the coast. Most poisonous sharks, most danger or poisonous coast don't matter. They might have poisonous sharks. Most dangerous plants. <laughs> yeah, crocodiles that'll kill you. Damn, they got a poisonous snail. Uh, dangerous jellyfish. The most poisonous spider. Poisonous snake. Like no, I don't want. And then like kangaroos. Some of them jackasses look like they're on the they just got out of prison, and they're gonna give you a right. one-two cross. Shake, shake, shake. I mean, exactly. that's, that's what they're gonna hit you with. Shake so. your booty. I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. I would love to go. It looks awesome. Like everything down there, and just to hear. I want to go hunt kangaroos with Mark Littell in the outback. I want the real life Nick Dundee to show me around. Then I'm going. I saw that clip of uh, Crocodile Dundee when he was in New York talking the suicide guy off the uh, cliff the other day. You ever see that? No. That's a good movie. Paul Hogan. That's, yeah, that's Paul good Hogan. Shit. Anyway. He drives uh, a Subaru. Speaking of... Oh, and Biggie. So everyone in Australia <laughs> will grab you by the nuts to see if you're a Sheila. So. <laughs> most action he's got in years. Hey, now I want to go. Oh, man. You could fly... You could fly <laughs> on Malaysian Airlines. Right oh, there we go. You fly Malaysian Airlines down there. I, I might come back. I might not. You'll never know. One-way ticket. Uh, yeah. We're in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! So let's let's uh, let's wrap up with a question of the day. This was big on social media for Mister Brown. Um, I'm just going to pose the question, and before you respond, 
I think we got to tell the tape just to inform the listeners out there and to inform everybody here at the table. We got to make sure you're making an educated decision. But hypothetically, maybe not even hypothetically, let's just drop them into a into a fight pit. Who would win, a Wolverine or a Honey Badger? Oh. Tell the tape, Mister Brown. Well, and also it is hypothetically because they're not on the same continent. Uh, we can make it happen. Wolverines in North America, Honey Badgers in. India and Africa We're going fighting to cobras. Break into the zoo. So I didn't realize it until I read this article that wolverines are greatly uh, bigger than honey badgers. How much bigger? So wolverines are anywhere from 22 to 70 pounds. 70 pounds. And then honey badgers are yeah, 11 to 40. So okay. big difference. Uh, wolverines can get up to 30 miles an hour. <laughs> honey badgers, 19. A bite, and, uh, bite power and teeth. Uh, the, the Wolverine is 50 PSI bite power, and the bite's not measured on a honey badger, but it's sharp enough, and their jaws are powerful enough to bite through tortoise shells. That's, that's pretty good. Both have poor eyesight and nasty, musty smells <laughs> to fight off any predators. <laughs> nasty. That, that's listed as their defense. They both stink. They're just stinky-ass mammals. Offensive, <laughs> offensive style. The wolverine uses strong teeth and jaws to attack and kill. Claws and digging and climbing can be used to cut prey. Uh, sharp claws, powerful, well-aimed bites can turn <laughs> tables on enemies in close quarters is the honey badger. Okay. Predatory behavior. Wolverine pounces from stealth, runs down slower enemies, solo hunter, and a scavenger. <laughs> the honey badger directly chases and kills pr- creatures, digs <laughs> preys out of burrows. Okay. So, so the honey badger's more up front. Yeah, he's not really he's not messing around. Right. There's no stealth involved. He's starting the first punch. This right. is Tyron Matthew versus Hugh Jackman, right? Right. <laughs> yes. I'm just I got, gonna I go, gotta go, I gotta go Wolverine. I'm going American exceptionalism here, and we're gonna rob the Wolverine just for the sheer size. That's that's a big, big critter. Now maybe if you threw the Tasmanian devil in there, you know, we could have a, a triple threat match, you know. I don't know. Get all the continents involved. Elimination chamber. <laughs> so, did you, you, you're going to the Wolverine? I'm going to the Wolverine. What do you think, Biggie? I'm going Wolverine. He's taking Jackman. Make it three. All right, so I'm going to get down here to the bottom. So, they actually have a whole article on this. <laughs> about a board as a society. You can't put it on the internet if it's not true. They have a whole article on this uh, hypothetical matchup. And it says that. Hold on, let me find it. Had to scroll way down. Oh, and a fight between a wolverine and a honey badger, the honey badger would win. Based on the number of advantages that the wolverine has over the honey badger, this might seem nonsensical, twist inning, but it's not. The wolverine simply lacks the power to effectively kill a honey badger. Um, The 50 PSI bite power did not seem very high. No, it seems like your kid bites you the finger that hard. Yeah. All right, so the wolverine would likely land the first blow no matter what. Either ambushing the honey badger or using its amazing speed to hunt it down. It might use its size to lock down the honey badger's movement and go in for a bite. The only problem is that it pay, plays right into the honey badger's plan. It's used to be it's used, it's used to fighting all the time and taking on bigger enemies. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I just felt like honey badger would have been the right answer, and it was obvious, so I went the other way. Wow, I went. <laughs> American exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to go. Oh, here you go. This is wild. This sums it up right here. From then on, the much more agile honey badger will go to work. 
striking over Wolverine is the weakest, including its genitals. I'll find him. Go ahead and lay on top of me. I'm going to find your nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you do to that? <laughs> Put a female on the bike. Like, <laughs> that's how you do shit. Speaking, speaking of like animals and shit like that. I imagine you don't give a shit. You know, we're talking about these these little guys. Do you remember the damn skunk from uh, Looney Tunes that was always trying to rape Pepe that Le Pew. cat? Pepe Le Pew. It's always trying to rape that damn cat. Yeah. Man. What the hell, man? <laughs> That's why Looney Tunes has been canceled. <laughs> That's why. He was aggressive, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> He's a little much. Yeah. So uh, maybe Slow he put him in the oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well. I speak wow. French as well. ATM, come on. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> we have gone off the rails. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We hope you're also drafting baseball in the near future. But enjoy spring. Spring is here. It's been 70 plus, 69 right now. <laughs> 69. Good number. But uh, we've had the door open. It's been nice. Hopefully, uh, you're not in North Dakota where it's what? What did you say that was? There's uh, 100 inches of snow, and it's not going to reach above freezing for the next And they're week. still making up alcoholic drinking games for the next three months. Hell to the now. We're going to stay here where it's I'm nice. Dakota. Always be a honey badger. <laughs> Y'all have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for letting us invade your ears. We'll see you next week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>